Hi there, welcome to the Pantheon Podcast. This is episode number four. My name's Kagan. My name is Shannon. We hope you enjoy the conversation. So I was wanting to talk to you about dreams. Okay. What's your common understanding of how dreams operate? My common understanding? Like, as in what I was Actually, taught no, no, by no. school, or...? I would say, I would say that the general understanding of what dreams are by normal people, or by general people. Maybe okay. by the general So populace. what's accepted as the cultural norm for a dream? Like, how is a dream made? How yeah. does science explain a dream, or...? More just what... A the, brief overview. M- a brief overview. Think. Yeah. <laughs> a brief overview of what you think people tend to think. Okay. I think that what dreams used to mean to me, what I used to think they were, which to me says that that would have been what I was taught, what I was told by other people um, that dreams would mean, is that they are just a collection of images and sounds and memories and just made up stuff played in your head when you go to sleep at night. That's a lot more articulate than what I was thinking because um, my original thoughts on like what dreams meant were that they were just rubbish. They were just nothing. Really? That was the idea of dreams you were given growing up? To an extent, but I think that was also influenced by the culture. Okay. Um, I guess at school people didn't really think anything of dreams. It's not like it was something that people um, often talked about or anything either. That's really weird because um, that's almost like a lack of religion. Okay. Can you explain that? Or a lack of um, spiritual connection. Because you when you have a dream it can impact you it can impact how you feel so then if people are going around not even talking about them or just calling them rubbish then does that mean that those people didn't have as much of a connection to the dream because dreams do affect you like you wake up you feel something from it or you just remember it or it was scary when you were a child having dreams or you just have a connection with dreams to a degree why would you call them rubbish i think it's because some people don't believe that there's any utility in understanding your dreams okay i can understand that, that. yeah they're mm. nonsense they're not rubbish they're nonsense they don't make any sense at all there's no point looking at them yeah okay what do you think dreams are i think that well there's a couple of different um ways to explain it i think in terms of um analyzing what dreams mean I definitely believe that the um, model that Jung came up with is probably the most accurate for actually understanding what it means to the individual to be seeing those things or having those dreams at night. Um, In terms of how they come about, um, I think that it's almost like a memory so at night your brain is releasing its memory that's stored up over that day um, or sort of like in between cycles of rest. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's actually, even though the the images may be different, the feelings will tend to be the same. So if you're stressed out, you'll tend to have dreams where you're 
quite stressed out. The images, though, I think that those are a collection of situations in which you did feel like that or that you would feel like that if they occurred. So that's your imagination coming into it as well. It could also be um, what you associate certain symbologies with. So um, you tend to, like, your mind will tend to come up with the thing that is the most reminiscent of that, mm. of whatever it's trying to explain to you. Okay. So I think that fits into it as well. So it's not just that they're memories and that this is the thing that um, you associate with a certain feeling or a certain situation, but it's that I think there's also like a basic symbology. Like when you think of a horse, you tend to just tend to just think of a basic horse. Okay. And when you think of a motorbike, you tend to think of a basic motorbike. Now your dream tends to draw on the easiest thing it can to explain to you. Um, what you're needing to know. I think that's sort of. Um, I think that's connected to what Jung thought of dreams okay so so if you saw things in your dream that weren't from your memory they would still be something you knew just with a different symbol put on it i think it's more like your dream will or whatever's happening there will attempt to construct something out of the symbols you recognized to represent the different thing okay to represent the different um forms in the world or feelings or is it like both. a mixture of i so think it's, it's, a I think of it's both. both yeah okay so that i guess that is imagination to a degree though because some people see things in dreams that they haven't seen in reality yeah yeah so it's almost like you're you have certain images tied to those things in your head so when you imagine it, those images come up? Yeah. Would that be correct? I think so. It's like playing word association games all night with yourself and putting like this show together. That is making sense. Yeah. So you believe that dreams have a meaning? Yeah, I, I reckon dreams have a meaning. I think that... um. I think it's almost like a little movie that your mind makes up for yourself um, in order to help orientate you in the world and help you to resolve your problems, but also to, to direct you towards what's best for yourself. Okay. So if you have something that you haven't dealt with, you think that your dreams will continue to show it to you? Or do you think yeah. that your dreams will are the place that you can actually resolve the issue? I think it's probably a bit of both. Um, so you have to work with both like realities at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. you have to work with both realities because um like if if you're feeling stressed all day and then you have a dream in which you're feeling stressed, but then the next day it's not as stressful. But then your dreams might still be holding on to that stressed feeling, so you may feel stressed for the next like ten nights. In mm. your dream. And then you'll dream about things that 
the things that either triggered the stress or just stressful things. Yeah. They might not even be tied to what you're stressed out about. Mm-hmm. And okay. what you may need to do is to work a little bit every day to resolve the stress in your like daily life so that when you go back into that dream state, um, you've potentially got like the, you've worked the tools into your unconscious mind that you can use to um, look after yourself in the dream. So you can de-stress in the dream. Or okay. you, you may not even experience stress in the dream because of the tools that you've used to um, help yourself throughout daily life. Okay, so it's like it will clean it up, pretty much. Mm. Like your your dreams will start to change. So do you think that you can actually almost keep an eye on your mental health by paying attention to your dreams? Very much so. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I do too. I think that's actually something that you can do. That if you pay attention to um, how your dreams make you feel, so how you feel in the morning when you wake up, um, write them down as well, and then you can start to actually get an idea of, like, am I worried about something? Am I angry about something? Am I hurt from something? Am I looking forward to something? Um, am I wanting something? Um, you're able to figure out what's actually going on inside you, because I think if you don't have the space during the day to um, resolve those things, then, or maybe even just to look at them. Yeah. So if you don't have enough time each day, you're too busy to look at them. Um, just keeping an eye on your dreams can give you like a heads up before it gets too bad. Mm. But that also means you have to spend the time to actually try and understand the dream. And that can be quite difficult, especially if you haven't been keeping track of them for like a moderate amount of time mm. so mm. like if you've never tracked your dream and you jump into one you just try to remember one and try to understand one it'll be very difficult but as you um like repeat that and as you practice it more you start to recognize reoccurring patterns and then that's where the like the true power of understanding dreams comes from yeah so do you think that people would like if somebody was going to start analyzing their dreams would they need to do some research first about it like do some reading or because it's the people people wanting to do that might have no or might have very little like spiritual connection they might feel like they don't really <clears throat> have that i think it probably would be a good idea at least that way then you'll have resources that can guide you towards um what to look for what to be aware for but ultimately um I think if, if you pay attention to how you feel throughout the day, then you'll almost know what you're looking for in the dream. Excuse me. Yep. <laughs> okay. So the steps would be start writing down your dreams when you wake up. So like even in the middle of the night, like whenever you have a dream that you remember, but try to think about dreams first thing in the morning. So you start remembering them quicker because you can only remember them for a certain amount of time. So you'd want to have something like maybe on your alarm, put the word dream or something, or maybe on like a notebook. Mm. If you don't record your dream as soon as you wake up, there's a very high chance you'll forget it and be unable to get back into remembering what was in it. Yeah, yeah. So if you can remind yourself um, about the fact that you need to write it down, if you can have something around when you wake up in the morning to remind you that you need to write it down... Um, that would probably be a good first step and then just write down as 
as many as you can remember and and then go from there. I yeah, think because once I it. once I think you have content, then I think you could have a look, maybe online or have a look at Jung's books um, about dreams, and then start learning and understanding more about how you are, you can then start dissecting what is was actually in the dreams that you wrote down. If you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So write them down first, have a look at what you have, and then maybe start learning about what those could possibly mean mm, mm. and that would be online but probably more beneficial to like watch youtube videos about jung's dream analysis or maybe get his book yeah i'd say that'd probably be the best way to start there because it's almost like completely different to the way that dreams are analyzed at the moment like if you go it's online, even different, for, different from like um sort of like science the general science perspective on dreams as well mm, i think it's so unique that like, I don't know anybody else that's taught something like that. So it's probably best to go right to the actual source or watch videos about it. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. a good idea. Because then once you get an understanding of that, then you could go and maybe compare it to other things and see what fits best with you or see which you actually agree with. Yeah. But I think you, I think it's best to start with that one because the other ones are really easy to just accept because they're like easy to understand, but... Dream analysis is a really complicated thing. So I think going to for the complicated thing first will show you how simple all the other ones are. You reckon that's pretty good? <laughs> um, how, what do you think about um, like dreams and history as people were sort of, like maybe as humankind was evolving? What sort of uh, role do you think dreams played then? I don't really know much about dream history, eh? Like, I don't know, like, did we dream more 100 years ago than we do now? I have That's no a really idea. good question. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea about that. Like, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they would have done, like, research on dreams. Like, you know, 50, 60 years ago, hopefully, or maybe even 100. Like, I'm probably, Jung was probably doing it at some point in between there. Um... I don't know anything about that, really. I think it would be really interesting to find out, though. Yeah, I think like, so, too. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, to what people are actually dreaming about. It's interesting because people used to have a lot of dreams about, um, like, mythic creatures and things, and now it tends to be more along the lines of, like, aliens. How and do we know they dreamt like about it, though? Is it because people wrote down that they had those dreams, or was it because people assumed that the cave art came from people's dreams? Because it couldn't possibly be something that they saw while they were awake. I thought it was um, sort of like a collection of common uh, retellings of what was in people's dreams over peri- like long periods of time. Mm. So like someone that dreamt of a monster would tell someone in their family, and then people would be like, oh, dreaming of monsters. Yeah, but a certain yeah. monster, and maybe in culture it would um, sort of concentrate into a specific form that would be mirrored by lots of lots of other people that experienced well, dreams in the same way. In that regard, then people paid a lot more attention to their dreams back then. That they gave them more, they put more value on them. Like they understood the value then if they were passing them down as almost stories or prophecies or guides for people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they would have actually paid more attention to their dreams. Because it seems like these days, people don't pay very much attention to their dreams at all. 
No, I don't. I don't think a lot of people will analyze their dreams. Um, I think if somebody has quite a like a shocking or funny, scary dream, I think they'll tell people. But I don't think people pay attention to a lot of their dreams. Or the flip side to that is they only tell them about the good ones, and maybe they keep all their shameful ones secret. Because I mean, mm. if it like think like I have shameful dreams. I think a lot of people have dreams where they feel a bit like, "Ugh, why did I dream about that?" Um, if you're having that a lot, and you're not talking about it or looking at it, maybe you've just decided that it's an ordeal you have to go through at night, and then you get up and then you'll just go on go on with your day. Like there's nothing that could be done about it. There's also like the the idea of like sort of running away from it. Yeah that's the idea so maybe people do pay just as much attention to dreams or that dreams are still making themselves just as apparent or just as seen as they were hundreds or thousands of years ago it's just that we've become more shame bound and conscious it could also be that we've become more complicated also yeah that's what i meant like conscious like complicated like active thought we've got more of that going on now so that kind of stuff might be something that we just either totally ignore, like don't pay attention to, or we willfully stay ignorant to what it could possibly be telling us, especially if it's bad. Mm. 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 So if you're having negative dreams all the time, you might not be looking at them. You also might not be talking to anybody about them either. It's interesting because that's like a pretty, um, it's like a pretty good tell that something's going on, something wrong is happening. If somebody doesn't talk about their dreams at all. No, if someone's experiencing, like, rampant nightmares. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if somebody's having nightmares every night or dreams where they do things that they wouldn't want to do when they were awake, then, yeah, I definitely think that there'd be something wrong there. But there would be something that is either, like, like either needs to be addressed or... Still needs more work done on it. Yeah. And I think that dream analysis can actually be used to hone in on the specific problem or um, potentially a solution to help resolve things like that. Mm. Yeah, because when... Because you might not be able to pay attention to it in your everyday because things might be just way too overwhelming for you. So if your dreams and that little time in the morning where you write them out gives you a moment to reflect, then there's a moment more that you than you were getting before. Mm. So you might actually be able to start picking out things that are reoccurring that you're like, just like, no, I, this isn't working. Like, this is just another... Um, this is just something else that's pointing towards the fact that this thing needs to be fixed. Yeah, yeah. Because we're... Like, humans as they are all seem to be stressed and anxious to a degree because that's kind of what motivates us. What motivates us more is the fear of what will happen if we don't do something. So mm. so it's like, why would your dreams just be bringing up random stuff? Like, you're, you're geared towards survival. Why would your brain just be off in la-la land doing whatever? Like, maybe we have to start to understand that everything sort of in us and everything that we feel and everything like that is pushing for survival like we want to live so and nature's been pretty unkind to things that are unnecessary 
Yeah. Exactly. So um a lot of what we have is necessary. Um I think what's more necessary than having it well actually no that's that's pretty much fundamental but I think acknowledging that those things are happening isn't the same as accepting that it is something that you need to pay attention to because accepting that you will need to look at something that you haven't been wanting to look at for a a very long time is extremely terrifying to Mm. go like I need to look at it now because the longer you don't look at it the worse it's going to get um and just that simple fact in itself that the longer that you stay willfully blind to something the worse it gets i don't see i don't understand why that that knowledge doesn't push people towards starting to analyze the things that they just threw away as rubbish because it could actually be something that is helpful especially when so many people don't have a direction nowadays mm What do you think about um, shamans? I think they're sick. <laughs> I think it's really cool. Um, I would like to do that for a job. Be a shaman. Yeah, just help everyone with their problems all day. Sit there with your bird feathers and your little rocks mm-hmm. and your little bones. Crab. Crab shells. Face that would paint. be sick, yep. I reckon you'd make a good shaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think they played a really important role they were i reckon that they were almost um in history they probably were the people that um helped their tribes to actually understand their dreams they were like the tribal philosophers and then we got the educated philosophers and then we got the cultural philosophers and so they were just the tribal philosophers so in that way whatever they were doing it was having a benefit and it's just strange how they had a more spiritual connection. Mm. And it's like the more educated um, philosophies become, there's been like a division. I think that's with the introduction of science. Mm. There's been a division into almost like the um, the cutting off of the spiritual part of life yeah. from the facts. So I think shamans were, I think they fit the environment that they were in. And yeah, I yeah. think they did just as an important job as the people that we rely on nowadays to point us in the right direction do. Mm, mm. Yeah. They weren't the presidents or anything. They were the philosophers. They were the people that said, like, this is going to happen if you keep pushing this thing too They were far. the one that the leader would always go to for wisdom. Yeah. They had wisdom. They had wisdom. What's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Um, wisdom is an understanding the impact of the things that happen or what could happen or basically it's the impact of action. Knowledge is just knowing how to do something. Wisdom is Holy understanding shit. the impact that it's going to have. This, the, wisdom is the difference between living and like, um, and like what the Buddhists say of like, livelihood like working the difference between just working or actually making a skillful livelihood is wisdom in each area of your life that's what buddhism preaches so knowledge is just knowing Mm. but wisdom is understanding that was a 
pretty good explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> What do you think? Oh, the difference between not, uh, <laughs> knowledge, ababadi, uh, 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 <laughs> knowledge, knowledge and wisdom. wisdom. Yeah. I guess I thought in a similar way. I I was thinking that wisdom is like it's an understanding of how things impact life. And, okay. And what's needed to serve life, and what is antithetical to that whereas i thought knowledge was the thing you acquire to practice skills wisdom is almost like taking the will to power into account oh shit i think i made a note about that a couple of days ago yeah <laughs> yeah so that's that's taking the the will to power into account because you're like i said humans are always trying to survive like we still have that base instinct that we want to survive Yeah. Um so I think that is the will to power, wisdom. But you only get wisdom by overcoming. And the thing is at the moment people have a um a will to survive, like a push to survive that's like natural and inherent because you know you're born and mm. life just wants to survive. We ha we have an animal part in us. So it wants to survive, but what our consciousness doesn't want to do is suffer. So we curb Like we 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 put a block in front of our natural drive, and then it just starts spinning and rotating on us, and causing a lot of mental damage and a lot of damage in families and things as well. Whereas if we gained wisdom as we grew up, we'd be able to funnel that inherent like drive to live through in a healthy way that would just continue to promote life. So gaining wisdom as you get older. That's why the elders were so important. Like we were. That's why the shamans were so important. Because each generation, they were boosting the amount of living that could be done. Yeah. I mean, look how big the world's gone at the moment. The thing is, is a, it's a big world, but there are a lot of people as well. And there are a lot of people that just don't add any value. Like, there are a lot of just humans on the earth that just don't add a lot of value. Because they're curtailing their will to power by their fear of suffering. Or their consciousness because it doesn't want to suffer. They haven't overcome it yet. Are we like calling out like all of the um the people that get like rich on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> Anyone that just thinks that um it's easier to be ignorant and stick your head in the sand and or to adopt an ideology. Yeah. Anybody that wants to just say, Oh, I know enough now. I've met a lot of people like that. Mm. Not I've actually one one occasion I've had a person say to me, like, just purely state that I know enough now and I don't need to learn anything else. Fuck. It was pretty shocking. Um, I remember he was having a tough time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, not a lot of people do. They, they just, mm. they just ignore what's actually going on. They often treat other people as if they don't need to learn anything either, by not taking into consideration what the other person has to say. Yeah. Or the fact that they might know something that they don't. Yeah. 
I just don't get it there. Like, I don't. Like, if you if you have that much fear to the point where you won't even talk to somebody, like, why? Like, in my situation, for example, like I haven't talked much about it, and I probably won't. But like with my mum just saying, like, no, I'm not going to talk to you if you're talking to your dad. It's like there's a lot behind it there, but there's also been a lot of time and a lot of chance and a lot of possibility to heal. Um, I don't get that. I don't get when, like, same with relationships, how, like, almost easily they break apart now between people. I don't get why the word, like, love is thrown around so carelessly. Because it's almost like, what does that actually mean now? Mm. Can people actually love each other? I think it's because so many people are staying so, like, willfully ignorant to, to what's <clears throat> going on in their own lives and spinning that they don't... It doesn't mean more to them because they don't have that much of a life to lose if it goes wrong. Could you explain that more? Well, if you're... You don't have much wisdom got bad habits, unhealthy ideologies like ideologies themselves um, if you're playing the victim like everything that we've discussed so far with agreements and everything if you've been set up with a set of knowledge that has not given you much wisdom especially not the wisdom that you need related to your age or your gender or anything like that um, or your race if you haven't been given the, co- the correct knowledge and if you haven't been on top of that knowledge actually taught why the people that taught you think that that is the way that it is, if you haven't been given the wisdom behind it, then you won't go far. You'll take it, you'll run with it, and you won't see the consequence until you hit the wall. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Because that's what wisdom would do. Wisdom would prevent that because you'd see the consequences of the things that you do. Yeah. So there's not much difference between the victim that sort of stays curled up in the ball because their consciousness doesn't want to feel fear, so they don't do anything about what's happening to them. So they basically just, their life just runs through them from the inside and they never really make much of a, they don't really add value. Um, and then you've got like the covert narcissists that almost spin themselves into just being like a black hole and they'll just like suck you in and destroy you. <laughs> and then you've got like the grandiose narcissists that um, understand how to almost they've understood what they've needed and that they are going to get that at all costs because their life means more than the lives of other people so instead of understanding how to operate in a way that um, gives each party respect grandiose narcissists are still narcissists because they use people but they're the ones that have learned how to actually use that will to power that's why they'll become the leaders of nations and stuff because they'll they understand logically how to do life and because they're going to use you they're going to get their emotional need for life met as well so it's like almost like the most corrupt human mind living and that's kind of terrifying yeah that's pretty pretty messed up Mm. but that's why love means something different to everybody because everybody's on a different level in terms of how much life they're living relative to their age or or anything like that 
I I met like one person that I believe to be a narcissist when I was working at um the vape shop. Yeah. And after that experience, I was left pretty shaken. Um, I attempted to use like NVC on the guy. Yeah. And um, it seemed like there was nothing he wanted other than to make me out to be wrong and to make me feel bad and to get me to react in a way that he could point at me and laugh and say, ha, you're wrong again. You're wrong. And I spent the entire time trying to do my job and trying to help the guy. Yeah. It's a very, very um, confusing experience because you're left unsure if you're, you were in the right or the wrong judgments, I guess, but you still feel that. You still wonder if... Um, you're shaking right to the core a lot of the time when you deal with people like that. Mm. Like, you're only... I don't know, yeah, it really does... It can really get to you. Um, that was only like a five-minute to ten-minute experience as well. Yeah. And um, it makes me wonder... They know exactly what to do to shame you. And then the minute they get you shamed enough, depending on how much you have in there, um, depending what your capacity to to deal with it is um they have control over you the minute they get that shame to take you over they have control over you Mm. yeah i mean there's a difference between like if you have shame and let's say your partner has shame and you guys keep triggering it in each other that's not oh my god one person's a narcissist like actual narcissists are pretty rare yeah that's not the same thing as coming into contact with a complete stranger that just because you're not giving them the type of service that they wanted or just because they decided that they were going to treat you like that they start making you feel the way only somebody close to you can make you feel that's fucked up and it makes you wonder um how people are able to cope when they've spent like a majority of their life with someone like that Mm -mm. their entire perspective on the world must be warped and distorted and growing up with somebody that operates like that yeah yeah because um, I'm pretty sure the the narcissist that came into or to the vape store. Oh, um, whoops! You beat that out. <laughs> whoops. Um, I think his daughter went to school with me, and I remember her being relatively mean. Okay. Just a little bit mean, you know, and. When I when I met the dad, the guy when he came in, I was shocked, and I was thinking, "Oh my god!" Like, no wonder she was a little mean. <laughs> yeah. Her dad's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Worse but than an asshole. I would hope that she was working on that now. You'd hope so. Yeah, because I grew up like that. Hmm. I mean, I I know it takes a lot of work, but you get there. Hmm. Well, you only get there if you keep trying, so I'm not saying I'm there yet. Well, but... it, it depends on if you accept the narcissism, because mm. as we've discussed before, narcissism is passed from one person to another. It's almost cultural. It's not like biological. Mm. So while things like psychopathy, um, they're genetic, like you inherit psychopathy. That's not something that's influenced by culture or... Um, by parenting basically i'm I'm pretty sure that 
that's something that's true, eh? It, it doesn't seem to be, or it's not, like, a correlate. Yeah, because the, um, the classification of it is narcissistic personality disorder, but you have to have, you have to have quite, like, ex- extreme, not extreme, but you, you do have to have the symptoms for it. It can't just be, like, self-diagnosed or somebody calls you one just because you disagree with them about something or mm. you're actually kind of, like, a bit shit and they're just pointing it out to you all the time. Like, that doesn't make them a narcissist or somebody asking for what they want doesn't make them a narcissist. Um, a narcissist takes away all free will. So I think that that's the big difference between them. That's so scary. Yeah. Like that person that you had to deal with wouldn't even allow you to be you in their presence. Like they they basically were just like, I'm gonna face you, I'm gonna talk to you, but I'm gonna raise every part of you. You'll never be able to get a word in, you won't I won't agree with anything you say, I won't um listen to anything that you say, I'm not I'm here talking to you, but I am not paying you any attention because you're worthless. So like, well, there's protesters when I was talking It's to like them. well there's process um protesters protesters. <laughs> oh my god you okay now my throat today man fuck try to get it out three times mm-hmm. i tried to speak like three times there the protesters in the uh jordan peterson clip online where they run up to him and start asking him about oh like, yeah what that's does what he it's think, like what does he think about is the nazi presence at your protest wait wait I, I, one sec one sec um <laughs> that was my interpretation of your work. <laughs> That's what the person fucking <laughs> sounded like. It's like, bro. Wait. No, bro's right because it's the the person said Don't call Don't me. call me a she or no, don't, don't call, call me, me a that. Because he was like, Let me speak to her. And it was all like, Don't call me that. <laughs> That's my interpretation of your work. <laughs> We're bullying a bit now. But um Yeah, they just <laughs> yeah, um yeah, that sure. that kind of culture. That's how narcissism goes through the culture. Is it's like it's almost like they're playing at erasing other people's free will, but there I can actually there's probably is actual nar- narcissists behind that who will actually erase your free will. You don't know what erasure of free will feels like until it's all been taken away from you, and it's just gone. Poof! Like everything that you think that you can do right now, imagine just not being able to do it. You know, like, you really have to just imagine when your life was at its worst and think that it was at its worst because of somebody else. Like, actually because of somebody else. Like, clinically, you could get diagnosed and everything. Like, it was because of somebody else. And that can only really be used or isn't com- is only really commonly used in situations where it's a narcissistic parent. Yeah, it tends to be, because if it's not apparent, then I guess the idea is, is that, oh, well, you have to be able to deal with it yourself. Yeah, like, partners are probably, it's when there's, like, a close connection, so, like, between partners or between parent and child. It tends to be when, when, um... When love is supposed to be there, like eh? Fi- oh, I was going to say when finances and things were co- are connected, that tends to be where that stuff, um, where law gets involved. Where there's loss. Okay. Like in a relationship, it would be because of what could happen in a divorce. 
the financial splitting up um and the relationship between parents and children it's because of uh the parents responsibility to raise the child so that's love yeah I don't know, I don't really get it. Maybe I don't either. <laughs> no, I think I get what you were getting at. It's like when, when it, it, people can behave that way sometimes when they are when they think they're going to lose something. Mm. Um, but your children aren't your possession and your partner isn't your possession. So, like, fight over the finances and everything. Like, discuss about mm. it and, and um, come to an agreement about it. Like how you're going to split up, but yeah, relationships where people split up ugly. There was somebody, at least one person in that relationship that was ugly yeah. before the finances came into it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Thank you very much for tuning in. Is that it? That's nice, it. <laughs> cool. I can drink and fix my throat. Hope you have a good one. See ya.